Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of FF Plus. I'm your host, Aaron White, and you're here on a spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Those really help us out and we appreciate them greatly. We'd also love to have you follow us on social media, whether that's on Twitter at Feelin' Film, or you can follow me directly at Aaron L. White, that's A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E, or in the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group or the Feelin' Film Discord. We've got lots of communities, lots of places to talk movies with you, and we would certainly enjoy to do that. Here on FF Plus, the format is always very straightforward. Going to talk about what I liked, what I didn't, and I'll tell you whether I think the movie is worth your time and money or not. It's simple, short, and spoiler-free. First of two new releases I have to review today is Good Luck to You, Leo Grand by Searchlight Pictures. It stars Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack. It is directed by Sophie Hyde and written by Katie Brand. What's it about? Retired widow Nancy Stokes hires a good-looking young sex worker called Leo Grand in the hopes of enjoying a night of pleasure and self-discovery after an unfulfilling married life. Now, this is a film that, on one level, I extremely enjoyed. It is an acting showcase for two characters. There are only a couple of other speaking roles in the film, and they're very brief. These two actors, Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack, are really giving a very unique kind of performance here that you just don't often see. This is a dynamic with this very much older lady and a young 20-something or early 30s young man, and they are about to embark in this sexual relationship. Now, the important part to know about this is that it is all about exploring this idea of sex positivity, of the importance of passion, the importance of adventure in one's sex life, and specifically the, the importance of pleasure. And at one point, I believe it's Emma Thompson even says, pleasure is a wonderful thing and it's something we should all have. That's an interesting worldview. It's a very modern worldview of I deserve this thing. And so I understand we would all want that, but it is interesting to put forth that that is something that you are owed in some capacity. And the way that this movie goes about this relationship is both delightfully awkward and charming and also a little bit challenging. If you are a person that does not believe in the morality of sex work. This is not for you. This is not going to change your mind. What it will do, possibly, is show you what it could be like for those people. And specifically, the character of Leo Grand, he's not just a straightforward whore for hire, so to speak. He is really interested in creating this experience for Nancy that helps to give her the things that she feels she been, has been missing in her life. It's not just about the sex. And that's what I really loved about this movie the most 
is when the two characters are just having conversations. They come from very different lives. And at one point, Leo says, you're conflicted to her. And he says, conflicted is interesting. And I agree. That is what made this a good movie was it's not just about sex. It's about the regrets, the pains, the fears, the desires, the want for pleasure, etc. that these characters have and how they've gone about it their whole life and how they've gotten to this point that they're in. And then it also has some drama to it. And it explores the importance of boundaries, the necessity of approval on the your mileage may vary side of the house. Because I, I hesitate to call any of these things, quote, cons. There is a lot of sex talk. This is an adult film. Again, it's very sex positive, which some are not going to agree with. Please remember that the morality of sex work Though it is a hot topic, it is legal where this film is set in England. So this is not the U.S. And the film is pretty much sex-free for the most of it until the final act. And I don't really consider this much of a spoiler. It's not like they, it's shocking to meet you that they are going to engage in these different kinds of acts throughout the film. But we don't really see anything. And I was really enjoying that way of telling this story. In the end, it gets kind of graphic. For about five to ten minutes, it decides to go balls out, quite literally, and show full frontal of both actors and positions. And it's so just be aware of that. It, whether that's your thing or not, just be aware. There is a final shot in the movie of a naked actor that is one of the most powerful things I've seen all year. And within the context of this character and the film, it is in a sense, liberating and beautiful. But again, like me, I personally was what Leo was talking about. Like I was conflicted because I have a view of this that does not necessarily align with what the movie wants me to have. And I was challenged by that. And I enjoyed going on this journey. I enjoyed thinking about what each perspective had to offer and then kind of mulling over that and trying to see how that lined up with the feelings that I was bringing to the table while I was watching it. So for most folks, I would say I highly recommend this film. This will be streaming on Hulu on June the 17th. And if you are up for what I'm talking about, then this is a must see. It's a really, really, really well acted film, very well put together. And I think that you're gonna get something out of it. On the other side, like I mentioned up top, if you are dead set in your belief in morality that sex work is wrong, this is not going to change your mind. You're just going to be upset for 90 minutes, so you probably shouldn't waste your time. The other new release I'm talking about this week is Lightyear from Walt Disney Studios and Pixar. It stars the voice work of Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Peter Sohn, James Brolin, Taika Waititi, Dale Sewells, Uzo Aduba, Mary McDonald Lewis, Efren Ramirez, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. It is directed by Angus McLean, written by Jason Headley and Angus McLean. What's it about? Buzz Lightyear embarks on an intergalactic adventure with a group of ambitious recruits and his robot companion. All right, so I'm going to start off top by telling you the robot companion steals the show. That robot companion is named Socks. 
and it's a cat, a robot cat voiced by Peter Sohn. It is adorable, hilarious, had the audience laughing out loud and going ooh and ah constantly throughout the film. It is one of my favorite new Pixar characters in quite some time. It is back to, it, it harkens back to those glory days of Disney films where there was always a sidekick of some kind that stood out and was very memorable, like an Iago in Aladdin. I would die for Socks. Socks is so creative in the way that this character is implemented. And the fact that it enters into a relationship with Lightyear that actually grows and evolves, even though it's a robot, just just one of the best parts of this movie. I, I love it. Your kids are going to go gaga over it, so be ready to put socks, toys, and apparel, and all of that stuff on their wish lists. They're going to want it all. Like, I need the pop figure, Funko pop figure, as soon as possible. This cat, socks, rocks. As for the film itself, it is a full-on space adventure, and the movie tells you right up at the top, in case you are not aware of what this is actually doing. So it is in the Toy Story universe, and it says back in whatever year it was, I think 1995, when Toy Story came out, that Andy, the little boy who had all of the toys, this is the movie he watched that led him to being obsessed with Buzz Lightyear and buying or getting his version of Buzz Lightyear, which is the toy. So this is not the Buzz Lightyear from the movies, okay? That's what you have to understand. It's not the same Buzz Lightyear as the Toy Story universe. It is the Buzz Lightyear character that the toys are based off of. And that helps a lot as you start to get into this because there are some differences between the voice work that Chris Evans gives. It doesn't sound exactly like the previous performance, and I actually really liked that. In fact, the director said he didn't want the film to be a rehash of Toy Story because then you're just going to compare it to it. And he wanted this version of Buzz to be, quote, the spirit of that character, but not the exact same performance. And it was important not to emulate that original vocal performance. And I think they did a great job of making you realize that this could easily be a character that toy came from. It has some of the same convictions, some of the same personality traits, but they show up in different ways. It's really brilliantly done, in my opinion. I came into this extremely pessimistic. Like, I have worried that this was just going to be a black stain on the Toy Story universe. I hold it in the highest regards. It is one of the few perfect franchises, in my opinion. All four mainline Toy Story films are five-star affairs to me. We have episodes on all of them. We are big, big stands of that universe. And so this could have easily been a thing where, oh, you're just trying to capitalize on an IP, and it's going to be a fail. But it felt necessary to me. It felt like it had value, and it gave interesting perspective to what would later be the Buzz character we come to know through the toy version. But back to the thing about it being a space adventure, it is Pixar's biggest space adventure they've ever done. It's not as much their Star Wars as it is their Star Trek. It 
is filled with high concept and heavy sci-fi ideas. And I was not expecting that at all. Yes, you've got your lighthearted Pixar fun and, you know, jokes, but the things that they deal with, some of the time travel and hyperspeed and the way that alien races show up. And there's just some much deeper stuff going on here. I don't think the film gets into it as deep as maybe I wanted. I would have liked it to go even further than it did, more like toward a soul level of contemplation about some of the things that they touch on. But I like that these concepts are there and it's not very simple. And you very well may, as a parent, find yourself answering a lot of questions for your kiddos about things that they see in this film. The animation is absolutely stunning as usual. It's lifelike in a way that just continues to get more and more crisp and beautiful. And the awesome space action when it's occurring is mesmerizing. I saw this in IMAX. It just looks great. There is a lot of action, but it is also driven by a big old heart with the relationships that matter. And they grow throughout the story, not just Buzz and Socks, but Buzz and his commander, his space ranger friend. There is a wonderful relationship between them and then ultimately between Buzz and the recruits that he comes to be a teammate with when they're trying to get themselves out of the jam that the film puts them in. I like that the movie really digs at the question of what does it mean to, quote, finish the mission? And it explores the idea of trying to do it all yourself. I will also tell you, this features the first full-on, very pointedly homosexual Disney or Pixar couple. It's a part of their identity in this film. It doesn't draw attention to itself in a way that I found off-putting or forced in any way. It's natural. It was just, that's what these people are. Their life is progressing. We're showing you that. And it was actually handled in a really sweet way, in my opinion. And so, and I say that not because I, it needs to be in order for it to exist, but simply because this is the first time they're going to go all out on it. And so I think it needed to be handled with respect and with care. And I felt that it was. I think that the movie itself is lacking that singular big moment to quote our friend Don Shanahan from every movie has a lesson and cinephile hissy fit podcast. He often calls this the Pixar punch, which is that one real heavy emotional swing that they get you with in most of their best films. I didn't really have that for this one. The themes do allow for some character learning, but it's just not quite as powerful nor as memorable as that. And yeah, I don't have a lot of negative stuff to say about it other than that, uh, those things. I think that the way that the film implements other characters that you may know from the Pixar universe or the Toy Story Pixar universe is interesting. I don't want to give that away. I want you to experience it for yourself. It didn't play out, you know, it, it was a little bit lacking for me, I will say that. And there is one specific character I was looking for that was not in this movie, 
And I thought that that was a miss not to have some sort of nod to that character as well, or that those characters, maybe I should say. I really enjoy it, though, and I think that this is going to be a huge hit. This is the first Pixar movie that they've put in a theater in the last few years, ever since COVID, so I believe it's going to do big big money. I think you should take your family to see it, and you're going to all enjoy it immensely. Also know there are three post-credit scenes. That's right, three. One of them, of course, happens right away, and then one slightly after the credits start rolling, and then one at the very, very end, I believe. So just make sure you're prepared if you want to see all of those. A little bit annoying, to be honest. Like I, I don't like post-credit scenes at the very end in family films. Who wants to sit with their kids after sitting through a movie all the way to the end to see those scenes? I guess you do it for Marvel movies, and most of these kids probably go to Marvel movies, but this movie is animated and does skew even younger than Marvel films to the point where you're going to have five, six, seven, eight-year-olds in the theaters most likely, and I just don't understand why we have to have 8,000 post-credit scenes in every movie. Unnecessary. That being said, they're pretty cute too, so I don't know. I'm conflicted. Anyway, I loved Lightyear. Really great movie. Definitely want to see it again as soon as I can. This will be available in theaters on June the 17th, and I say go. Well, that's it for this week on FF Plus. As I mentioned at the top, hit us up on the social channels. You can find all of that information always in the show notes with links. I'll be back soon, but until then, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.